Joe wakes up one morning, the guy says to his wife, what a party I went to last night, right here in the neighborhood. Good food, good people, good conversation. Best thing of all, they had a golden toilet. He says, you're crazy. No such thing. I'm telling you, they had a golden toilet. They go to the house where the party was, knocking on the door. The lady says, excuse me, ma'am, you please show my wife the golden toilet. She says, hey, Harry, here's the guy who wrecked your tuba. <laughs> hey, man. Welcome to the Big Bad Broadcast, dude. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Big Bad Broadcast. We got a great show for you today. We have the regulars here. We have Mike Grief. Hey, how you doing? All right, everybody. And we got Craig Mitchell, the producer, the cook, and the all-around funny guy. Give him a round of applause. Yes. Woo! Yeah, a nice and round. A nice round. Yeah, that's great. We're glad you're here, Craig. Okay. Me too. <laughs> and we got a great guest for you. We have a comedy legend, in my opinion. <laughs> Kathy Ladman is here, so give her a round of applause. Oh, thank you, guys. All right. Welcome, Kathy. Thank oh. you so much. Kathy is one of the original funny women in New York in the comedy scene. Oh in the my world. God, I know. So I can't believe how long ago it was. I know. It's it's just crazy. It's um so you were started with let's see if I can go back there. You started probably with let me see if I guess it. You tell me if I'm right, right? Okay. Abby Stein. Yes. Carol Liefer. Oh she they a little they were a little before I started in eighty one. They right. were a little bit before uh, I I started. Right. Uh, but, well, Carol started around when you started, John, like in the Coliseum with the Emperor, you know. Thanks. <laughs> late 70s, uh, perhaps? Did you start late 70s? I started, yeah, I started in like late, mid-70s. The 1270s. Wow. The 1270s. <laughs> John, John was big during the, <laughs> during the Black Plague. No, I'm just. Nice. You guys are so nice to each other. I know. You know he, had the, he had the disappearing toga trick. <laughs> a little respect. It's yeah. just a joke. <laughs> I'm sick. The older people, but anyway. Um, so, was that? I know that you know Jan Karam, right? Yes. So As a matter of fact, she and I always used to be. Mis when I had dark hair, we you looked alike. We were often mistaken for one another. Yes, on your comedy special. You and Jen could be the same person. Uh, yeah, I mean, you mean I, the you mean the one night stand? Yeah, the one night stand. Yes, I know. I, I had know. all that dark hair. Yeah, I just watched that recently. Well, then John's there. Are we going to hear? Are we going to uh, hear Kathy's uh, the stand up? Don't we have a clip of the of the stand up? We do. We do. You want to hear it now? Yeah, being that John is uh, John frozen. Yeah, John's, John's frozen. Yeah, he's back at the Coliseum. <laughs> let's play. Let's play Kathy's uh, stand up. Here we go. Our next guest is a comedy legend who has influenced generations of comedians, making her 10th appearance on The Tonight Show. Please welcome the very funny Kathy Ladman. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. So I guess you noticed that I have gray hair. Yes, and uh, I like it. I really love it. It's very low maintenance. Plus, I've noticed that I get a lot more looks from guys now that my hair is gray. <laughs> yes, and I think I know why. I think it's because they think I can't get pregnant. 
Guys like that. Yeah. So I have a daughter. She's 19. Very interesting age. She hates me, so she's right on track developmentally. <laughs> the only thing she likes to do with me is go to Costco. And I love Costco. A lot of people love Costco. But I've realized that at this, sta at this stage in my life, it doesn't even make sense for me to go there because there's nothing I can buy there that I'll live to finish. <laughs> I can't use that many Q-tips. Every time I'm there with my daughter and we're leaving, I always point to the cart and I look at her and I say, someday this will all be yours. <laughs> this is my legacy. Great stuff. Yeah. Great That's stuff. So I can Thanks. relate. Wow, that is so funny. That's so so you're so I can definitely relate to that. I'm I mean like we were just talking about this before. I think I I, I tore a, a, my rotator cuff putting on my shirt the other day. Ow. You know, that's how you know you're old. I know. I know. You know how else you know you're old? When your music is playing in elevators. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's really I, sad. Then I know I have to start making uh, end of life uh, decisions. Yeah. No, that pisses me off when all all the music that I love is all called classic. Now it's all classic. That's but elevators is worse than classic. Elevators yeah, is music. Yeah, that's that Muzak, and it's all yes. without, yeah. Oh, God. And and it still can't get used to the, you get pulled over by a cop, he's 14 years old, the baseball players are 12 and a half. You know, I mean, they all look so young. They didn't I look know, that young. I know, it's crazy. Do you know, I have to say, I have never been, I have never been pulled over by a cop ever. I have never gotten a moving violation ever. Wow. I've not only gotten moving violations, I get violated when I'm standing still. It doesn't, if you look like me, you will get pulled over. <laughs> you will I get violated. So. Yeah, I guess I got a ticket once, but I got out of it at court. Um, it's <laughs> it's funny, about, you know, funny, you talk about people looking young. The worst is like when you go to the doctor and the doctor I know. is 12. Oh, I God. know, it's it's insane. Oh, my just, God. It, it's real, and, and you have to trust them because they've just been through medical school. I mean, just. And, you know, but it does feel very odd. I mean, yes, it's it feels incredibly odd. I'm, I'm, we're we're all we're all pretty much at the same stage in our lives now. I'm, I'm, I'm now, I went to get I had to get a hip replacement, and oh. I, and I went in there, and the doctor came walking in, and he had on like one of those little Pee Wee Herman. Suits. Well, tell the whole story, John. John didn't have a bad hip; he just wanted a replacement. <laughs> he had, like he came walking in this little peewee herman suit with red sneakers no socks and i go oh it must be the x-ray technician and the first words out of his mouth is he goes i know i look really young but i do a thousand of these a year <laughs> wow so that was your surgeon yeah yeah and he was great i mean he was amazing but it, it's just yeah it's just so funny when you go there and you see these doctors I know. I had cataract surgery last year. Anybody have that yet? No, that not yet. That scares me more than anything in the world. What? That scares me more Why? than anything. Why? Why would that you scare know, you more than anything? It's so fascinating because it's like, like you're it's, awake when it's happening. I know. That's what scares me. It's so interesting, though. Why would they really? keep you awake? I mean, you could can't you move or something like that. I mean, it would. Uh... No, because you, your eyes have to be open and uh. you have to be able to look in different directions. Yeah, you have you have to participate. Does so it they, hurt? Just, they just numb. They numb your. Uh, they numb you. They give you a somewhat a little bit of a sedative, but yeah, you have to be awake. 
That must be a really oh weird God. sensation, man. You're just laying yeah. there, and it's like it's like you're like a zombie. You can't move, and there's like people doing stuff. You have to I put just your found chin it so that little thing, right? Don't you have to put your chin on that little thing? Are you? you no, that's the eye exam you're thinking of. Oh, it, no, I'm you're lying for cataract surgery. Oh, okay. You're lying on your back. I have to get that done on March 25th. I'm getting, now. I'm getting scared. Oh, don't be scared. Don't be oh. scared, Craig. You get a lollipop afterwards. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm I'm a sucker. Did you, did, you, did you have cataracts in, in both eyes? Yes, but I had I had what I had it worse in one eye. And when I, I like all of a sudden I realized that um I was putting on my makeup one day and I closed one eye and I could not see anything. Yeah. I mean it was so blurry, and I said, Well, yeah, this has gotten to the point of no return now. So yeah. I went in and, and for sure, you know, and th that's what it was. And and the other one had enough of a cataract, so I had them both done. How do you see out of the bad eye now? Fine. Uh, I, I, that's see, that's the, that's what I miss. I, I I don't know if I miss my eyes more or my teeth. You know, that's another uh, thing getting getting to be this age. It's like you know, I, uh, I need glasses when I read, glasses when I drive. You know, I can't eat. But when an you apple. get cataract surgery, you can that you can improve upon that. But I don't think I have cataracts. I just have, you know, I don't know what the uh, just 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 bad you? vision. Do you, have, do you wear prescription? I can't. I, I do wear prescription lenses. Yeah, these are well, these these are uh, like reading whatever. But, reading but yeah, I, I have prescription. <laughs> but I have sunglasses all the time. Mike? Those are reading most of the glasses? time. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. Those dark sunglasses are reading glasses. What, believe it or believe, yeah, they're motorcycle or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, well. I never knew. What do you that. think? I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't be able to see you if I I mean I can't just <laughs> with, with all the with, with all the fear of cataracts and doctors, I, I went to this is I can't believe I'm saying this. I went to the dentist for the first time in 12 years last week. <gasps> That's why your eyes are so oh bad. Oh my god. And I and you know what? You can you can have young well, doctors, old yeah, but here's the thing. I open my mouth, he looks in and he went, Whoa. <laughs> wow, that's not good. It was like Fonzie. Whoa. Yeah. Wow! I just saw, and I saw dollar signs clicking his eyes too. Well, yeah, people no. are very afraid to go to the dentist. Mm -hmm. And the longer you wait, the scarier it gets. I mean, I'm right. I'm very obsessed with taking care of my teeth. See, I'm more afraid of the bill. I mean, like, what is I have dental insurance, and it's still no, like a coupon. You you got to take care of your teeth. I mean, like that's this is this is your one this is your I, one chance. I brush them once a month, whether they need it or not. Wow. Oh God, oh God, it's so <laughs> yeah, he said he I said I had no cavities though, and he goes, "How can how can you have no cavities?" I go, "I don't eat sugar." He went, "Oh, okay." Okay, so this conversation is so deteriorated to the point. It had deteriorated. I was about to go years into periodontal disease. Twenty years ago, we would have been talking about what agents suck. How we we trying to get booked, and now we're talking about how we're falling apart. That's well, it. <laughs> I think it's more about maintenance than falling apart. No, right. you are. I'm just joking. I mean, it is about maintenance. It's it's like I go to the gym five six days a week just because I don't want to let myself. You know, I don't I don't want to be seventy years old and and you know have to be in a wheelchair or all that stuff. You know, I mean, I right. you know, I, it is about maintenance. You. I'm going to this new. I'm going to this new thing now called Stretch Lab. What? It's, oh, it's really? the greatest thing. Yeah, ever. is that for Peroni's disease? <laughs> oh, that is so horrible. <laughs> yeah. When it, did that become so popular? 
This I guy know. brings vegetables to his doctor's office? <laughs> what? <laughs> He's got to get his carrot fixed. I hate that. It's, it's true. It's like you see nothing but commercials for that, and I'm going the same thing. I'm going, geez, how many guys are affected by this? I Apparently, it's an epidemic. Well, Just, I don't even know what you're talking about. You don't want to know. It's it's when it's when a guy's penis curves, yeah, to, to one side, and so the guy is in his doctor's office, and he brings in a cucumber, oh, and, and like you know, who's bringing produce to the doctor's? I mean, office? actually, I, I, if I had that, I wouldn't even want to get rid of it. It would make me different than everyone's like, hey, check it out, look at this, it's got a curve. You know, I don't know, but. It's amazing to me. It's like you know they they can't cure cancer. They can't cure all these different whatever. But, I know, and they're concentrating some, on that. But a couple of billionaires couldn't get an erection, and there's 14 medicines for ED now. Exactly, exactly. And you know? I hate to say it, but you know, the squeaky penis gets the grease. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great. <laughs> oh, oh man. Yeah. Mine That's isn't curved. Idea. Mine's more like a knuckleball. So I Thank saw a commercial. Girl. I saw I saw a commercial the other day for uh, some pill a woman can take for hot flashes, mm -hmm. and it got all done with the side effects. And one of the side effects were hot flashes. Hot flashes. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> That's a side effect. You're taking a medicine to stop it, and that's one of the side effects. It makes no sense. Well, if you see the commercials for any medication, the side effects are worse than the disease half the time. You know, may know, cause this is this is what this is all lawyers at that point. You know, they just they just are covering their bases here. The, you know? the one that confuses me the most, and this is in all the commercials, and you guys have heard it, is they go, please tell your doctor if you've had a liver transplant. I think he fucking knows. I mean, I'm maybe the big <laughs> scar across my abdomen. Maybe yeah. that's hint. Or don't take if you're allergic to. How the fuck yes, do I know if take, I'm allergic don't take, to it? Uh, <laughs> don't take a uh, Ozempic if you're allergic to Ozempic or whatever. Yeah. How, do you, how do you know you're allergic? No. Like you said, it's all lawyers. It's all like mm -hmm. coming. Paul Provenza used to do a bit in his act about how he's standing online buying a bottle of Windex when he looked at the ingredients because he never ever had time to look at it and he said right. in Windex, it's 98 percent water one percent alcohol and i guess the other one percent is blue shit and he, <laughs> and he said he goes and he goes and it's five dollars for a bottle because when they put this out they never realized that some idiot was going to spray it in his eyes and would have to put that on thinking to himself well, it cleans tar and bugs off my windshield. Maybe it'll be good for my contacts. Squeak, squeak. I mean, do you remember when that woman um, had spilled McDonald's coffee in her yeah, lap? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, and then after that, that's when they started putting the warning on cups of coffee, particularly in McDonald's, right. that this contains a hot beverage. Yes. But apparently she had second and third degree burns, though. Well, that was because she was wearing, um, I believe she was wearing like sweatpants or something. So wearing an electric it, blanket. It, it stayed. <laughs> <laughs> That's so well, crazy. It is everything. Yeah. Every everything okay? Uh, and, and I know you. I, I, I hate that. I don't want to be morbid, but I know you. You probably knew Richard Lewis, right? I mean, uh, yes. Yeah. I'm, so a, sad. A, I'm so sad. What a sad. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I know he was sick um, and he wasn't happy being sick. And I guess that's the only, I guess, the only upside of it, if there is an upside of it, that he's relief, not. Relief on, the po- on a positive note about him, I was telling these guys yesterday. Um, remember when Caroline's was on 8th Avenue? Yes, I was. Ju- yeah. In fact, I was just, Steve Middleman and I were just talking about right. when we went to see him. I went to see, yeah. I was just saying, I went to see, I was telling these guys yesterday, Caroline said to me, you got to come in and see Richard Lewis live. So I went to see him and I was telling these guys, it was the funniest stand-up I've ever seen anybody, especially in that room. He would just melt into that corner like this ball of neuroses, like he was yes. afraid to come out. And he had, was, the, had his his yellow legal pads, and yeah. and I remember him talking that night about his parents when they would have sex. They would go down in a sex elevator to the center of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw him, he was talking about how. He goes, I'm staying in a hotel up the block because I got to be able to see where the club is because I don't like to go where I don't know. The guys take me over the Verrazano Bridge, back to the George <laughs> Washington. He goes, and I get out, and he goes, and my tape recorder falls out of my pocket. He goes, and then I hear it. He goes, I'm sorry your tape recorder broke, Mr. Lewis. How does he know my name? He must have seen me on TV. You know? <laughs> he goes, then I got to become, become De Niro. Are you talking to me? How do you know my name? <laughs> He's just... But I don't yeah, even know if that was a routine. That was, I think that was like streaming. I, I mean, he was, was just really a routine. I think that was all real with him. He just was a neurotic. He was like everyone's neurotic, whatever, all balled into one person. But he was so he was funny. wonderful. And I was, you know, I was reading that he is really the person who started talking about therapy and, and really popularized right. therapy. And I, and I ended up going to a lot of the comics actually ended up going to, the therapist that he went to. So we, there was, there was somebody who serviced our community because of Richard. When I was starting out, there was three comics that everybody, I mean, with the pinnacle of, I I guess I have to say male comedy, but it was, it was Jerry Seinfeld, Paul Reiser and Richard Lewis. Those were the three Titans that when I started doing comedy that everybody was like, they were the hottest comics. They were everywhere. I have but a great was- Richard Lewis story. Um, oh, let's hear it. He, um, this was early in his career. He, uh, a friend, a friend of his, uh, told told this story to us, and um, he went with Richard to a bowling alley in Brooklyn where he was doing stand up at a bowling alley, and there were these really rough looking guys in the front, like biker guys, and uh, he's doing his act. And he's uh, dying, and so he turns to the audience. He says, "He says to one of these guys, what do you and what do you do?'" And the guy says, "I do this." And he stands up and he takes the mic cord and he cuts it with a big knife. <laughs> I do this. I do this. <laughs> if John was there, he could have repaired it for him. Oh. Rule, rule, rule number one, never ask a question you don't have the answer already for. <laughs> oh, God. You know, oh, that's man. funny, too, when you said when you saw him in Caroline's. It's, I don't know why. I mean, we've all seen so many comics in our life, but I don't know why that was so memorable. Like, I, um, I just remember walking out of there going, this is the funniest guy I've ever seen in my life in this club. Wow. Um, He was just, he was so funny. 
so wonderful to see live. I don't know if you saw, I, I had posted on Facebook this, the very, I had heard about him, but I hadn't seen him. Right. And I, and one night he was on Letterman and I'm watching him and I'm, I, I, I was in my apartment uh, and, and where my TV was like, anyway, I was like on the edge of my bed watching, uh, lying on my bed watching him on my little black and white TV. And he's telling Dave about his family um, being not very spontaneous. And he said, well, one that we were one summer we were driving cross country and we're pulling out of our driveway in New Jersey. And I heard something jingling in the front seat. And I asked my mom what it was. And she said, oh, nothing, nothing. It was the toll to the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> you know what I like? I mean, you've had, you've had an awesome, awesome career. And I always like to know just from my own edification, like, what would you consider like one of those moments that were like just that a job you did, like either a TV show or stand up that was just like, wow, this is just magic. I mean, is there any like. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, at, it's funny because at every point it's different. Like I remember the first time that I got recognized, it was on the um, 104 bus going up 8th Avenue Somebody had seen me at the Triple Inn. Do you remember the Triple Inn? That, yeah. In the West 50s <laughs> on like a 50, I think it was 54th Street. And or um, and they had seen me that that past weekend there. And that to me was thrilling. Yeah. But I mean, and you know, at every point in, in my career, something else became the thrill. And of course, I mean, doing my first tonight show was uh in incredible it was incredibly exciting that had to, that was that was my ultimate dream was to do the tonight show with johnny carson it never it was everybody's dream never got oh, yeah, yeah it was everybody's dream well i never uh, got to do letterman and i really wanted to do letterman so we all yeah. have things that we don't get right. to do you know it's funny yeah. how you say that because i remember do you remember the comic strip in fort lauderdale did you ever i never that? i never worked okay. but I, I remember heard, i heard about it but it i remember like doing it. i remember doing that there was no airfare Yes. In this horrible condo. Yes. And it was $600 a week. But I remember getting on the plane to go there thinking to myself, man, I've made it. They're I've arrived. Out yes. of New York to go yeah. someplace to do else besides New York to do stand up. You know what yes. I mean? It was like it was like a big moment. You know? It is. A, my, yeah. I, go ahead, Kathy. I'm sorry. Oh, my first out of town gig was was um, the pun, the Atlanta punchline that Jerry Stanley booked. Oh, right. wow. um, and it was a it was a six or seven night gig. I think it was a six night. It could have been a seven night gig. And it was two hundred and fifty dollars. Right. Two hundred and fifty dollars yeah. for a week. I'm right. really impressed that Jerry Stanley booked uh, booked that because by the time I worked for him, he only did one nighters in Jersey. <laughs> like the goal um, is when he started doing like one. This was the Jersey. only this was the yeah. only road gig that he that he booked. Oh, yeah. But those I remember they were awesome. Those first times when you got paid for doing comedy, and I oh, remember God. the first time, and I'm thinking like, are they going to actually pay me? You know, and you're done, and you're like thinking, oh man, I don't, you know, because I think all comics have that low self esteem. You know, do I really yes. deserve that? You know, but I think just, my I think my biggest moment that I can remember was I was working at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, and I think it was a catch room. 
Mm-hmm. And it was the new one with the big lion head in front. Yeah. And when I was flying in at night, I could see my name on the billboard in Vegas. Wow. And that was like, I was like, I'm in Vegas. You know, right, it, was like, right. it was like, I couldn't believe it. You know, it yes, was, I mean, I'd had, I've had similar experiences to that too. Yeah. It's pretty weird. Like, yeah. a, like I was opening for the Pointer Sisters at Caesars Palace and I'm driving into Vegas and I see like the signs on, right. on, on the 15 and, yeah. um, and it said Kathy Ladman, the Pointer Sisters, Kathy Ladman. And I thought, well, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> that's not where my my I'm name I'm so belongs. jealous. That that must be an awesome site. Yeah, I mean, these guys. These guys. I I one time I was working for uh, Rick Morgan, and I was driving out to the North Fork of oh, Long Island. Rick Morgan will put your name up in no, lights. and no, and there was a sign outside the place. Yeah, it was me, Dave Feynman, and another and another comic, and it just said the Fats of Comedy. The Fats of Comedy. My name was. <laughs> Oh my, god. oh my god! All right, welcome your first fat bastard. Uh, That's what I was talking. Three fat guys. I love it. I just remember. Uh, I, I as like, I remember, and then not even this is was going to a gig. I was going to a gig. Some I forget where, but it was with John. Remember John Trusen, obviously. And we get to this place, and then the parking lot is just full of motorcycles and pickup trucks, and <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, I can deal with the, you know whatever. And we get in there, and the guy, the first thing the guy says to me, he said, what are comics? And the guy says, oh, I'm glad they sent some big guys after what happened last week. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, great. That's great to I wanted to ask you, though. Um, yes. When, you, when you, you were on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, right? Yes. I, I just wanted if you, if you could go back to the day, how, how did it feel? I mean, you know, what was the thought process? What was going through your mind when you were about to, when you did that? Well, okay. First of all, the first time I was booked to do it, I was booked with Johnny and I got bumped oh, because Harry Anderson went two segments. So you went through and, all the nerves and everything and then oh, got bumped. Yeah, oh that was hard. So I did a little so crying after magicians. that. You know, <laughs> so there was a lot, lot of, a lot of, I needed to release all of that adrenaline and I cried a little bit after that. And then I was rebooked fairly soon after that, but with Jay and I, and, and, um, which was good because I knew Jay and I knew I was going to be able to do panel with him. Um, So I did it twice with Jay. And then the second time I'm doing it with Jay, I'm backstage with Jim McCauley, who was the segment producer at, at at the time. And he's, and the band's playing and and the guys standing back, back with us, you know, getting ready to page the curtain for me. And Jim is saying, you know, we really would like you to do the show with Johnny. And I said, well, I really want to do panel, though. I don't want to take a step backwards after I've done it with right. Jay. And so we're going back and forth. And I said, do you think we could talk about this another time? Because yeah. I was about to step out onto the stage. <laughs> and um, so anyway, ultimately what happened is that they said, yes, you can do it with Johnny. You can do panel. So the first time... I did the Tonight Show with Johnny. Um, I went over to the couch and he uh, said, "You're." he said, you're very funny. He said, how long have you been doing this? And I said, I can't believe I thought I said this. Eight and a half long years. I thought that was a long time. And <laughs> and he said, you're getting very good at it. And I said, thanks. So are you. <laughs> I, my knee-jerk reaction was to respond to what I thought was a very condescending comment right. on his part. And if I had thought about it, would I have said that? I don't know. But I'm glad I didn't think about it. I, I'm glad I said it. 
And, you know, he loved it and the audience loved it and it was fine. Everybody was uh, remained unscathed. But that that was he was very gracious. He was a very gracious host. I mean, he was very old school. He had a very different um, view of women than, um, you know, because he was from a different generation. Um, So there was that. But I I would say he's he was a very kind um gracious host always set his guest up to look great he was a terrific interviewer and he was also really shy i remember like like running into him ba- back in the makeup room one time that i was on and you could tell there was like a some somewhat of a slight discomfort about him you know wow, yeah, so that, I, yeah. I found what, that really I, I, I see that with a lot of like people who are just they're they're so public out there but they're so they're introverted when they were you know not in the public eye it's oh, funny. yeah. And I remember hearing him talk about the fact that, you know, he had imposter syndrome like like everybody else uh, in the business, you know, really thought like, what am I? I don't deserve this. Yeah, so they're going to yeah. find out about me one day. They're going to find out that I can't deliver the goods. <laughs> yeah. 20 you know, something years later. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it's amazing. Like it's- with. I remember once when Rory was Rory Rose Garden was my manager, mm-hmm. and I went to the Tonight Show with Robert Klein. So I was in California doing something else. Right. And before the show, um, Macaulay was there, and he goes, "Hey, well, you know, why don't you go sit at the desk?" And I'm just like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh. he, "He was like, what?" And, and, I, and he started laughing, and he goes, "He goes." There's not one comedian that will ever sit at that desk. Really? No. He goes, it's, and I always say to comics, you want to go sit at the desk? Because I always oh. go, they're going to go. No, it was like, like he, he goes, I think they think it would be jinx them. And I go, oh. can't, I go, you can't sit at the desk until you're invited to the desk. Nobody but the king exactly sits on correct. the throne, man. Yeah, look at Look at this. Uh, I, I mean, you guys, I'll show it to you, but I guess you, I'll, I'll explain what it is. It's a, it's a mug with my picture on it. Right. When I was when I was about to do my last Tonight Show with Johnny, you know he he has that mug on his on right. he had that mug right. on his desk with his his picture in essence right. drawing of his face, and so I thought I would I wanted to give him a gift. So when I had a mug made at a mall with my picture on it, um, so and he was very gracious. He accepted it. Blah blah blah. So several months later. I went to the Tonight Show um, with Jimmy Brogan. He was going to do the show and wandering around backstage. And I'm, I I don't know why I opened the supply closet backstage and there's my mug. And I and I went to the stage manager. I said, "What what's going on? Why is this here? He goes, Kathy, he says he can't possibly take home all the gifts that he gets from people. Right. So I said, well, can I take this home? And he said, sure. So now I have the, I have the mug that I gave to him. Can I see that so mug you, again? Can I see the sure. mug again? So you have yeah. something, you? Uh, you have something, a uh, possession of Johnny Carson's because you Actually, gave it to him. So it was his. Actually, is, is that you or Jen Karam? Not really sure. Yes, <laughs> that, that is I. That is indeed I. Well, Jen, Jen used to be part of our show. So it's, it's said with love. Oh, okay. Yeah. She was a co-host for a while. Yeah. We love Jan. Matter of fact, we're going to have her on, uh, back on soon. I, Yay. I, I reached out to her, but I got to get a uh, get a locker down on a date. We love Jan. You reached yeah, out to her, so she, dro- she dropped the uh, order of protection. That's nice. Good. All right, cool. Yeah. So now that my picture is no longer in the post office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I mean, I never did the Tonight Show, but I mean, I did 
I remember when Pat Sajak first came on, right? Oh, right. So I did that show with Dick Clark and Morgan Fairchild. Uh-huh. I remember it was like the first week the show was on, so it was still before people realized it wasn't a good show. So right. they still had really good numbers, you know? And I remember standing there, like, that was like the first, that was like probably the first show that I did where I wasn't on a show with like five other comics. You know what I mean? Oh, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And and it's funny, too, because if you have a good set, even on a show that's not good, you get a lot out of it. Great piece of tape. Yeah. But I was standing there waiting to go on. It made me think of when you said we're getting ready to page the curtain. Yes. And Rory's got me by the lapels and he's talking to me. He's giving me this yeah. dog. He's going, look, man, there's a million comics that want to be here, but you're here because they wanted you and you can't. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's, me this whole, he's going, you know, he goes like Burgess Meredith and yeah. Rock. Yeah. You're yeah. a 200 pound can... Italian tank. He's going, the only way you can, he goes, the only way you can screw this up is if you talk too fast, talk slow. If you think you're talking too, you know, he's giving me this whole big thing. And he goes, if the audience is with you, just play to the band. And he's just giving me all this stuff. And I'm, I'm like, okay, okay, let's go. And just the guy walks over to page the curtain. And the other guy goes, he goes, uh, he goes, the line counts in. We're at 6 million. And I was like, <laughs> just like, oh, right wow. before, like right before you walk out. Yeah, that's like, not oh, good. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, what's the matter? Do you like a more show. intimate room? You know, Kathy, you, you're, you're the guest. Go, please uh, go. When I did the Tonight Show, I used to play to my brother-in-law and my sister and my brother-in-law in their house. That's what when I looked into the camera, that's what I was seeing. I was seeing yeah. them in their in their den. When I did Saturday Night Live, when I was I did the I did the one bit where we were live, and we I mean we did the blocking, we did the camera block, then we did blocking, then we did the run through, then we did the dress rehearsal. So by the time you get to the live show, it's kind of like you know here we go again. But I I don't know who it was. It was somebody backstage. It might have been a stage manager. We're about to go out, and he goes, "All right, guys, you're doing this for 11 million people. Go!" And I'm like, "Oh, oh my thanks, god, thanks, yeah, thanks." You know, but you know, it's still you're in this tiny little room with one camera, and it doesn't feel yeah. like this 11 right. million people. Right, no. you just can't think but, about that. Well, that's yeah, what I yeah. like about the old sitcoms, and I've done I've done a bunch of sitcoms that when they do the ta- when they tape them in front of a live audience, you know, some of them they pre-record whatever. But when I used to love because we're stand-ups. So it's right. like I came alive sure. in front of that live audience, and you know, it was like it just it just always gave more. At least yeah, I've always felt it gave more life to my performances. And you knew how to hold for a laugh too. Exactly. The yeah, problem, definitely. The problem that Sajak show was that the audience was pretty far away from you, and then there was a wall of cameras. Oh yeah. So it was you know you had a hundred feet between you and the audience. Conan, Conan right. was like that too. So Rory. He was a good manager. Rory said, this is not going to work. I need him right next to the band. And they moved my set right next oh, to wow. the band. Oh, wow. Oh. And, and he said, just play to the band. You know what I mean? And they'll laugh and, you know, and then you'll get a feeling for, the for him. Yeah, the musicians um, always laugh because they're high. That happened to Matt Gillis this weekend when <laughs> he was on Saturday Night Live. Shane Gillis? No, Shane Gillis. Sorry, I said Matt Gillis. Yeah, uh, Matt Gillis is a friend of mine. You know, so you can go, oh, thanks for the mention, Craig. No, but yeah, Shane, Shane Gillis did a stand-up, and I never saw this before, or at least I never noticed it. The band behind him was stone-faced. Usually, they're always, like, laughing. On the cruise ships, they put the band behind you, and I always tell them to close the curtain. And they, they're as they're closing the curtain, the band looks at you like, what? And I go, hey, guys, I just don't want to see you doing the shoulders all through my act, where you just go, 
<laughs> the shoulders. It's ridiculous. You know, yeah. I was on Wheel of Fortune. Um, speaking of Pat Sajak, when I was I was moving out to LA in 1985. And um, so I auditioned for a bunch of game shows and I got chosen to be on wheel of fortune. And I had, I knew I needed a car because I, I, I didn't have a car. So I, I act, I said, I'm going to win a car. I'm going to win a car. And I won a car. Oh, wow. You're on as a contestant, not a celebrity, not a celebrity. No, no, no. This was in 85. I mean, oh, I, wow. you know, yeah. that's great. I won a car at a hockey game once. Did you, you did. really? Taking the puck through a hole. I won a car, but wow. I like to tell myself that it was actually I did three to five for. <laughs> you, know, you do a lot of jokes about that, Mike. Were you in jail ever? Uh, I can't really talk about it. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> He's so full of shit. <laughs> All right, I, I'm, I'm the guy who looks like I've been in jail. You know the right. <laughs> what are your tats? What are those? Um, well, motorcycle. Here's the Grim Reaper on a uh, oh, Harley. Geez. Look at that. Okay. Here's, here's another. Yeah, skulls. And because I was, I remember, I think I was about 20 or 18 or whatever. And the guy's like, What do you like? And so I said, You know, skulls and snakes. And he just threw it on my arm. And and you are available <laughs> wow. for children's parties. And, and, too. and you just trusted that? If something permanent? You know what? Like, All right, I'll do that. Quaaludes will make you trust anything. I guess. <laughs> and you know, you know something? We, we, Mike is like it's so funny because this whole image of him, he's like he's this little Jewish boy with a heart of gold. little Jewish little Jewish boy. Yeah, you are. Heart of you gold. Know you are. I you read a holly, a holly, David. He has a heart of gold, and he just comes off as this tough guy. It's the but, what do you on. want? I'm on a motorcycle already. Well, that, was, that was my right, choice. Am I, I right or am I wrong? Be honest. Come on, yeah. yeah. Just you have the heart of gold, and you are nothing like the image he, that you. Well, that, he knows where to find the bagels. He knows the bagels. He goes. People never expected the Jewish bikers, but I used to ride with a whole bunch of guys. We called ourselves right. the deli. The, the deli men. Non-Jew here. No, they, no, no, I'm no a, John's also not Jewish. I'm eleven percent Jewish. I just had my. Oh, are you eleven percent? Yeah, the whole eleven percent, and they cut that off when he was a little baby. <laughs> yeah, now I'm nine and a half percent. <laughs> no, it's just me and you, Kathy, and I'm like the most unexpected. I was married Jew there to is. a Jewish woman for a long time. Oh, were you? Yes. That that doesn't change what you are, John. I took this DNA test. You know, my whole life, I, my, my father was German, mother's Irish. So I'm like, I even had German Irish jokes in my act. And I find out that I'm 46 percent Italian. Where the hell did that come from? The other forty wow. percent is creepy. <laughs> I'm ten percent lurker. I like the lurk. Yes, <laughs> I'm four percent Aegean, which is Greek. So now wait. So Craig, you're in you're in L.A. I'm in I'm in Van Nuys. The Van Van Nuys. Van Nuys. And, and, That's how you say um, it when you're upper class. Van Nuys. And um, uh, Mike, you're in where? Hiding. <laughs> i'm in i'm 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 up in the antelope valley oh okay cool yeah. and john you're in new york no he's no, in, i'm in florida oh you're in florida oh I'm so nobody's Coco, in new york and we all sound Coco, like this i'm near well, we're all new yorkers look yeah. john john Coco legally here i dream of dreamy boulevard yeah Wait, did you, uh, john is legally has to legally be in florida just to raise the medium iq that's why he's there where, where did you grow up kathy where are you from uh little neck queens oh little neck. neck okay i grew up in long island city Little oh, town. Wow. 
Yeah. And where did and where did you you other guys? Where did you grow up? Levittown, Long Island. Levittown, and where on Long Island, John? Seaford. Seaford. Yeah, oh, you know, my boy. dad had a my dad owned a bowling alley in Massapequa Park. Oh, really? Oh. Three Hundred Bowl was the name of it on yeah. on Sunrise Highway. On Sunrise Highway, right? Oh my God, mm-hmm. I probably I, I there. actually know where that was. <laughs> I was quite yeah, the bowler. It was, it was... Although I lived in Seaford, it was really like I went to. Like Levittown School District. Oh, like John's, right John's dad border. was big in show business. What was your, your dad? Was a manager, right? Was, no, what my was your grandfather? Your grandfather. Who did your grandfather? He handled like huge named celebrities, he right? Handled, uh, some people you heard of, <laughs> Abbott Costello. Some people you heard of. Seriously? <laughs> he handled uh, the Marx Brothers. No Mary kidding. Mary is my second cousin. He got her started. Mary oh Talamore. John's related to Mary Talamore. Yeah. And he used to say to me all the time, he's going. It's just a shame. He goes, 10 years ago, I could have just picked up the phone. <laughs> oh, God. Now I can't oh. literally pick up the phone. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> and, you know, I was, the go- I was the golden child, too, because he had three daughters. Oh. So, yeah, he would have done anything for so me. So did you did you start comedy in Long Island or in Queens? Or? Um, I started in um, New York, in Manhattan. In Manhattan, right? Well, so what was there? Good times. Back in the, uh, good times. I think good times. Was, oh, was there, good times. Was the improv, around, the improv in all those places were around, right? Yep. Yes, but I started at a lower level club. Um, well, as we all, um, as we all must, I was, that was, I took a stand up class and then, um, my teacher said I should go to good. You sh- he, he told, he sent everybody to good times when, when he felt we were ready. Right. And I met on that first night, I met Paul Lyons and Rob Ross and I'm Paul still with them today. Wow. I haven't heard of him in a Paul Lyons is the greatest Barney Fife impression ever. Yes, he, he does. Oh my god. They, that's what they, I mean, he does more than that, but that's the first thing that comes to mind when I yes. watch Paul Lyons. But so I started there and then I went up to catch in the comic strip and I never really became an improv act. Did you yeah. ever work at uh the Eagle? Never really worked because that's when Mike and I started. The Eagle Tavern, the Eagle Tavern. Well, there Where's was that? Walls. Uh, it was somewhere down in down the, in the meat cutting district yeah. or something like that. I never worked it, there. You know, it was like little. They had like pictures of old people on the wall, and just little, like a little light bulb before a spotlight. It was like the worst. The, the worst part about working at the comic strip was trying to get past Lucian. Oh, oh I know. Yes, you, think, you don't want to know my nickname for with, him. He used to come up with the most bizarre things. Like he would just look at me and he go, "You know, John, the ancient Thelusians felt that they, could build, <laughs> they could build a rubber chicken out of a pineapple." <laughs> you want to hear it? Here's my here's my Lucian story. So I, I come off. He's watching me. I come off stage at the comic strip, and then and and people are. I'm asked literally. I had one guy wanted to take a picture with me. Somebody's asking for my order. I mean, I killed. I was, and so Lucian comes over and and then he starts asking if I have any uh, uh, movies or anything. I'm worth whatever. It, finally, it comes down to like, well, I can't really use you. I have a big guy already. Yeah, he would do that. <laughs> Like, oh, oh my god you. well that's... you know that's kind of what it felt like at times uh I, to be you know a woman in comedy you would be told well we can't put you on that show because we have a woman on that show yeah, or a true. girl let me be more specific a girl yeah, that's a girl on that yeah. show already. See, my my hat is off to you because i know women had to fight 10 times as hard you know because yep. it's like first of all there were a lot less because nobody encouraged it right you know but you i, I mean my i i'm so you know, like just so glad that that funny women stuck it out and didn't go. It's not worth it, you know, because because right. you go through a lot of shit to get successful in comedy. 
and you have to be yeah. twice as funny to make it. And that, that's also, yeah. bullshit. but you know, it, it's, it's, it's impressive. You know, it's like some of my favorite comedians are, are like, uh, Oh God! I, I mean, I worked at Margaret Smith and uh, Patty I Prospero. love Margaret. Yeah, I Margaret. Right Margaret was my first gig out of town. I, I worked with Margaret, and she was so. She's I didn't know what I was doing. Right? She what? had a motorcycle. Margaret Smith had a motorcycle. Oh, she might have. She used to ride yeah. it out to the East Side Comedy Club. My kind of yeah. man. Oh yeah. So who was at? You know, we were talking about um, Lucian. Who was yes. at Catch? Who was the guy at Catch? Um, was well, it Machina? At the time, no. When I was there, um, Billy, he, he died. What was his name? No, it, when I was there, um, um, comics Adrian Tolsch and JJ right. Wall were kind of running, they, they were running the shows there, right? And then Louis Ferranda was, Louis the, Ferranda. Was Ferranda. Ferranda. And, Ferranda. And, Louis. And, and then he okay. became obviously, yeah. then he went to Caroline's and became. So uh, I was I was headlining all of their. Remember they had rooms all over the country. Catch? Yes. So I was headlining them all, but I never really worked the room in New York that much. Mm -hmm. So uh, they said to me, you know, you, you should really work the New York room a little bit more since we're sending you all over the country. Uh -huh. you know? So I went in there one night, and I'll never forget this. It was on um, St. Patrick's Day, mm -hmm. and I got there because I was doing something else, and I, I had a late spot. It was like. 12 30 or something mm -hmm. and it was like four people in the audience it was the worst show i have ever had in my life oh wow and you i was so embarrassed by walked... four people john but no no i was so embarrassed that i walked on stage and lewis said to me he goes well and i go hey man and i just i shook his hand and i said thanks that's the best set i've ever had <laughs> and i walked out the door at two o'clock in the morning i got a call from rory uh john what the fuck happened <laughs> and i go what he goes uh yeah he's he hates you <laughs> well i mean how can i mean how can he, he hates you, you by a, an audience of four so rory says rory goes to him um yeah i don't think he really saw what he does you know give him a spot on the weekend yeah oh, my better judgment you know and i killed it on the weekend you know and i right. walked off and he was just he looked at me like you fucked me over man there were, there were some like, fun i didn't know what though. to say i, was, I was so embarrassed because it was like you know even when you have a small crowd sometimes you still feel like you did the job yes yes this was like no this was like they hated me <laughs> i have a lucian story when i when i when i was at the comic strip i had passed he put me on like a two in the morning on a thursday and I go up. I mean, Jetta Jones was my MC, and she get you know she just says she was like, "Good luck," and she puts me up. And there's just a table of four people up front, and that was it. So yeah. I got off the stage with the microphone. And I sat at the table and I was doing like close up comedy to them, and we had a great freaking time for like twenty minutes. And I, okay, that's my time, and I left. And <laughs> afterward, Lucian goes, "You know, Craig, um, there's only a couple of comics that would actually do that." Uh, Robin Williams comes to mind, and I think he said, I think he might have said Paul Provenza. He goes, and both of them are not you. <laughs> he Lucian. was not exactly happy with it. Or as I like to call him, Robert Goulet with AIDS. Lucian. No, I mean. Oh, you know, horrible. You know, do, you, do, you oh know, do you know what the secret, the secret to getting Lucian's good side, though, was he's a huge baseball fan. And I, yes. I was working for the Mets and doing stuff, and I brought him a baseball encyclopedia that was signed by Bob Murphy or something, and I got all these great spots because of that. So what were you he doing? Was for always the Mets? eating. 
I was a sportscaster. I, I, I would, I, I worked for sports phone. I worked for another, another outlet and I was, I was doing oh, that during wow. the nineties too. Yeah. Oh, what was, fun. He was always eating Chinese food. Yeah. But I loved he going to Cat. Like, I think it was on, do you remember, I think it was, I think it was Mondays or it might've been, but I think, uh, uh, Mike Sweeney had a show called Mrs. Sweeney's something. He'd dress up in a dress and just, Oh, uh, really? Uh, catch was fun like that. They would have these weird nights where they would just do weird stuff. I mean, I never got to work catch a rising star, but I would go there and, and you know, hang out with guys I knew, you know, hang out with Colin Quinn and all these guys. I, worked at, the new I worked at the new catch, not the like Sweeney. There was just so many rich franchise. It was catch just was all really these... an exciting place. I it was. Did Kathy, are you a Met fan? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mets. I am yeah, a Mets fan, yeah, but I sympathy. think you know, being in Los Angeles for as long as I've been here, I also, I also root for the Dodgers too. I I can't that. anymore. They they're too. I'm sorry. They have they they're too rich now. I can't. I know it's, that's how my dad felt about the Yankees. He, yeah, he felt that they just were just buying all the best tech. team that money could buy. Yeah, I love the Dodgers when they had Garvey and Russell. I love the '70s and '80s Dodgers, but this current Dodgers just like ah eh, no, no thanks. It's you so mean funny. because of it's Otani like, and, and the and the deal that he got? Yamamoto and Glass now and like this is it's an all-star team there. It's you know what though? After there. I watch them, I'm like hungry for more baseball an hour later. <laughs> no, stop it. That's so racist. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, so, yeah, it's so funny. It's so funny because we, we've had her on the show and I Sue Kalinsky. Oh, I love oh, Sue is a, she's a Sue best, is like she's one Sue of my is, best friends. I oh, love Sue. So fan. Sue and I, we years ago, we were the comedy commandos for Coors Beer. Yes. And it was us and these other Midwest guys. And she would just go to them. I'm only going on the road with John Ferentino. Because <laughs> 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 we could talk. But boy, she knows more about sports than any person I've ever met yeah, in my she's life. she's really savvy. She's, yeah. She's really I, savvy. Yeah, it's incredible. She would just talk to me about like... I don't know. We were on a plane once, and she just started talking stats about like every football, I every love jet player. Yeah, she she is. So, yeah. I mean, you know, she and she grew up with. She had. She has three brothers and a sister. Yeah. But yeah. she. I mean, I I think a lot of. I don't know for sure, but I think a lot of the fact that she grew up around brothers. Oh yeah, that's what she says. Yeah. That. yeah. But I think she's doing a podcast now with somebody she from ESPN. Steve Mason. Right? Yeah, yeah, Steve yeah. Mason. Yeah. yeah. You know what's yes, great about sure. your whole that whole group of comics that women comics that you guys came up with i have a lot of respect for because it was all good jokes like so many female comics after that just like they it was just i don't know it was, like, there was well, I, just I like the guys it was you know what i'm saying i mean like i always say like your comedy um sue Kalinsky's comedy a guy could do that act mm -hmm. you know what i mean whereas so yeah. many women are like you know periods and minstrels you I know, know, it's, I like, know. It's really i'll tell you a funny story as work which is as bad as a guy talking about his private yeah, stuff yeah, exactly. no, but i don't want to hear that shit. be smart you know yeah i was working with chris rush once right remember mm -hmm. chris rush yes we love chris name, rush i don't remember who he, he had bald guy genius he was the he was like oh okay so he was just the funniest comic in the world. He oh. really was. And like when I met George Carlin, George Carlin goes, you know, uh, Chris Rush? I go, yeah, he goes, is he still telling uh, everyone he writes for me? And I go, <laughs> yeah. I go, yeah. He goes, well, he does. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, we were at a show once, and 
this middle act, the girl went on, woman went on. And the whole thing was, it was a Saturday night. It was just about periods and menstrual cycles and all this stuff. Yeah. And Chris Rush comes walking out <laughs> and he goes, so let's have a round of applause for whatever her name was. And they get a big round of applause. And he goes, you know, it's a Saturday night. You may be here with your family and you may be here with your date. And her act kind of went kind of personal. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I just don't know that really has a place on a Saturday night show with a mixed crowd. And it gets an applause break. Mm-hmm. And he says, I would like to add a little footnote to that, though. If it wasn't for the invention of these products, women would be able to be tracked through deep snow by wolves. <laughs> oh, my God. See, and, I, and I love Chris. And this is one thing, though, I've never been a fan of. I've never been a fan of tearing. Where did that come from? It's I've never so been a fan of tearing up it's the so comedian for me. I'm sorry, I've never, what, what, Mike? I said, I love Chris. I mean, he's passed away, but I love I loved him. He was actually a friend. I, I love But I never was a fan of anyone who would go on and then make tear up the comic yeah, before I them. That, I never liked that. Yeah, I think that's that. I have to agree with you on that. Yeah, I do, too. And it's so out of, I, and you know, it was so out of character for him. But I think he just thought that this joke was like so brilliant. Yeah. It's so funny. You say he was a genius. And the only joke I remember basically of his is he said, uh, he goes, you know, whales have a penis the size of a telephone pole. So if you're ever swimming in the ocean and you suddenly hear chances are, oh, I wear a silly. He goes, get out or you'll die like a finger puppet. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my just, god just so weird yeah. no he used to yeah, do yeah, the yeah. whole thing about new york and being 24 hours and stuff like that and just, he was all you if he was you never, a brilliant comic he was brilliant mean, he, was. he was the professor of comedy you know he, his comedy was like a lecture and that was just really funny i can't believe you don't know him he, that's a shame because he was really you know yeah, and mean, it's very funny because he always said he goes it's very funny he goes I have most of my comedy is really highbrow, but when people remember my act, they remember the lowest parameters of any joke I've ever told. <laughs> so I know, true. I know we must, I know we must get near time. I wanted to say, Kathy, do you have anything coming up? Are you working on? I know you just did some big project. Um, well, I just did, I just did a performance of my solo show this past weekend. I'm going to be doing it again in May. Uh, in Los Angeles at the White Fire Theater. It's Ooh. called This Show Make Me Look Fat. Right. I love the name. I love, I love the name. And it's a, it's actually about, it's about my my recovery, uh, my struggle with and recovery from anorexia. Wow. Not so funny, guys, huh? Well, no, I, I'm a recovering <laughs> bulimic, and that's not a joke. I really am. So I relate. I've done everything. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, it's, not funny, it's, but it's true. I thought I, thought I was a bulimic, but it turned out I just drank too much. Oh no! Oh no! I'm well, not making I, fun of. Um, but the show is funny. The show is funny, but it's also it's also got its serious points too. And I'm about to embark on um, uh, to to the uh, East Coast, where I'm going to be doing uh, a handful of uh, performing arts centers. Absolutely. In Savannah, Georgia, and in North Carolina. Very cool. If you're oh. listening out there, go see Kathy. She is oh, yes. funny, I want to go funny, see funny. You she is incredible. We just yeah, look her up on the internet. Guys. There's so much comedy. It's and just brilliant. Just really, Thank really you. funny. I you love the fact I was you. saying to somebody the other day that I think that you get more joke laughs per minute than most female comics I have ever seen. Now, why must you qualify that? I was just gonna say that. Why do you have to qualify it? <laughs> just because comics. Because I think it's comics. more of a no, no. In this case, I think it's more of a compliment. 
Okay. I think it's more of a compliment because <laughs> no, and I'm not backpedaling here at all. I mean, I just think it's I'm not backflipping it. No, I'm I just... mean I've played your set for my girlfriend and she's you know, she's getting a little older now too, and she was <laughs> crying. I mean she was crying laughing. I'm sure oh, Chris is I'm sure cold. Chris is gonna be delighted to tell you that you told everyone she's yeah, getting you said older. That. Sorry, oh, Chris. Getting older. Ah, oh, yeah. And I related immediately to You laugh so hard about the makeup. You, you, she, she, she come, you come out on the Tonight Show and you talk about your gray hair. And I let my hair go gray like 10 years ago. I, I was just like, F it. And you're right. It's low maintenance. And this is who I am. I love Wait, it. I love having gray hair. Same I here. Love, I love it. Guys, you've been so great. Thank you you're, so much for having me as a guest. Thank you so much, Kathy. Thank you for Thank you for on. lowering your standards and being with us. <laughs> Take care. Be well. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Let's have a round of applause for Kathy. Kathy, Kathy. Bye, guys. And make sure you watch her on the internet. And let's have a round of applause for Mike Grease. Yeah. And Craig Mitchell. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Come back. I mean, it's not for Come back next week.